Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Montus Dumptious, and not Dumptious, as I stupidly mispronounced it originally in the episode. Uh, Dumptious. 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 Anywho, uh, he talks to me about his love of passion for um, idolization of Jimmy Stewart. This was a super fun conversation. I think Jimmy Stewart is awesome, and I definitely need to see more of his movies. Um, But those that I have seen, especially the one that we talk about the most, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, I really, really enjoy. Uh, He's incredibly earnest, as we discuss in the episode, and uh, I think Montes has found a, a good person to look up to as far as admiring the way that he delivers lines and his honesty and uh, good nature and every man-ness. So this was really fun. Unfortunately, uh, in the original recording, um, it got cut off. I don't exactly know why I'm using a new mic, uh, which is great because it sounds way better and will continue to sound way better, but I'm thinking what happened is that it ran out of space and I uh, was unawares until I pulled the file off of it, but I'm in um, Atlanta with my family for the holidays, so I have no way of knowing uh, if the file is intact back in Chicago, but if you're listening to this um, around the day it comes out, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, then it may get cut a little short if you're listening to this after that. I will have uh, met back up with Montes, re-recorded the last 10 minutes or so uh, of our discussion, and recreated the magic. So, you know, what can you do? I can't go back and fix it right now, but this is the first time this has happened in 77 episodes. Uh, Definitely a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of lesson, but, you know, I wanted to fix it because it sounds better. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'm trying to explain myself. I feel bad, um, but Montes has been a good sport about it, and we're going to uh, tack on what got left out. So, that will be fun. It'll be like a fun new adventure for all of us. So, enjoy as is, because it's already a great episode. And then, uh, come back if you are listening to it early, and, you know, re-listen to the last, like, ten minutes. It sounds weird, but, you know, I'm doing what I can. <laughs> I'm talking about it too much. Moving on. Uh, if you want to see Montes and I performing together, you can come to the Annoyance Theater this Friday or any other Friday between now and December 21st at 8 o'clock and see us uh, do what's commonly referred to as the Annoyance Christmas Pageant. Basically, it's... A bunch of grown adults reenacting uh, Christmas specials. This time around, Charlie Brown Christmas and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's a super fun show. I think 
everyone can come out and enjoy it for nostalgia reasons, for uh, fun, laughter reasons. I think it's a nice distraction from our uh, ridiculous lives. Uh, at least I know it is for me. Anyway, um, so come check that out Friday nights at 8 or in December, Sunday night, Sunday nights, Sunday afternoons at 3. You could choose one. There's two. You have so many opportunities to see this show, especially with two people that you're about to listen to a conversation between. Now, can you go wrong? Also, the Nerdalogs have a show coming up on December 7th. Uh, that's our monthly Your Stories. It's a little earlier than it typically is. We had some issues trying to book a venue. Uh, so we had to kind of move up the date, but that will be at 7 o'clock at the Public House, Your Stories. The event uh, theme is Annual 3, so come and reflect on your year or whatever annual means to you. And if you have any history with the Your Stories podcast um, at all, attending, listening, what have you, uh, check out a link uh, on our website, or I'll go ahead and throw it in the notes to vote on what some of your favorite stories and moments were from the year so that we can accrue a fun show for you at the end of the year to reflect back on, uh, some of our favorite times. It's definitely never a competition, but it is cool to be able to revisit the things that we liked the most. I voted Steve Persh, past guest of the show, uh, Nerdalogs Emeritus member, well, more like remote Nerdalogs member, uh, out in Milwaukee, made an awesome online um, uh, form that you can fill out really easily that lists all the stories and you can tell why you liked them. And if all if, n- if all of this means nothing to you, I would encourage you strongly to go check out your stories. Uh, if you like this, you'll probably like that. It's a lot of people talking about things that mean something to them. Uh, and, you know, I think that's the best way to interact with someone is to have meaningful interactions with them, whether it be something they're passionate about, uh, that they want to change or something that they're passionate about that they love as a part of their life. Um, or whether it's just a nice discussion about, uh, one of America's most beloved actors, I would say like this one in Jimmy Stewart. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very happy holiday. This is MBSing with Montes Doomshoes. I think it's also funny on the other end of talking about like how large football players are and how we don't always like put it into perspective. I think there are also a lot of actors that are very small that we don't put into perspective. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Apparently Tom Cruise is oh, like, yeah. like Tom He's Cruise like is very short. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Hutcherson in the Hunger Games movies is really short. Really? Mm-hmm. I know that Jeremy Renner is apparently pretty short. Oh yeah, so. I've heard that about him yeah. as well. Yeah. I, for some reason I feel like it may... There's some actresses though too that are like my... I'm like 5'2", mm-hmm. which is definitely definitely short but i think i also have like a build and like uh proportions that just make me look smaller than i am because i feel like i get a lot of like not necessarily flack but a lot of like comments on how short i am and i'll look around and be like 
that girl's as short as I am. That girl's as short as I am. And they're like not people who get as yeah. many like while you're really short things. <laughs> See, I've never either. I've never gotten either. I'm like right in the middle ring. Yeah, you know, you're like, a relatively average height. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a relatively average guy. <laughs> hey, you're saying that not me. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean like I don't know. I don't think that's true. Uh, I'm like 5'10". I'm like fucking yeah. normal height for most guys. Yeah, my brother and my dad are too about. 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so I think growing up with them, and my mom's just barely taller than me, if that. So, like, in my family, I was like, oh, they're average height. My mom and I are short, but, like, not, you know, abnormally so. Yeah. Uh, and then I, like, all my friends that were guys, like, started to just keep getting taller. <laughs> and I started having <laughs> friends who were, like, 6'2 and 6'3, and I was just like, oh, this is what people mean that I love. Well, do you have someone in your family that, like, is, like, because my brother is oddly, and there's no one really else in my family that's like this. Like, my brother is 6'2. Really? Like, my dad was my height, mm-hmm. and my mom is probably, like, maybe uh, a little bit taller than you, mm-hmm. nah, but she's probably the same size. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so it's kind of just like abnormal that my brother yeah, is. I don't think we really do. That might be part of it. Is that like I mean, it's not abnormal? It's yeah, <laughs> but he, <laughs> above six feet, yeah. get out. Uh, Good for him. I'd like to be like six two. That, that, yeah. I think that's what most guys say is that they'd rather be a little taller. Just so I can dunk that b ball. <laughs> Toss me the rock, man. <laughs> I heard someone call a, a basketball the leather pumpkin this weekend. You mean that leather I, pumpkin? Yes. Yeah. It was like... Uh, That's great. Really I like that. solid. I think that should catch on. Yeah. Really solid. I left... Like, it was a pretty throwaway, like... <laughs> uh, but it sounds very, like, very, like, 19... Uh, he tosses him the leather pumpkin. Yeah, and also, uh, especially thinking of, like... Like you said, the rock. And yeah. all the other, like, dumb... <laughs> Pigskin. Yo, toss me the rock. Yeah. I love. I love when a basketball yo, yo. is referred to as the rock. Toss me that leather pumpkin. <laughs> like it's hilarious. Yo, asshole, you you gonna you gonna shoot that leather pumpkin or what? <laughs> you gonna hold it all day? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, my guest today <laughs> is Montus Doomshus. Dumptious. Dumptious? Montus oh, Dumptious. It's okay. I thought, no one gets it. I thought I was it's close. Fun. It was close. You were close. You said Montus. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel uh, like I should go like by Prince. Like, you know, I should just go by Montus now. Just the first name? Yeah. It could work. We'll give it a shot. Maybe well, not tonight. Do you have any uh, hesitations surrounding it? In terms of like, like, what do you think the backlash would be if you just started going as Montes? I mean, that's what you called your uh, one man show. Yeah, but because <laughs> not because of any like reason. Like Charlie and I went through several titles of my solo show, uh, and then we just decided that we were like, we were both like, yeah, my name is weird enough. Why don't we just call it Montes? <laughs> To be honest, if I had had to sit around and think about why did he call, like, why did he land on just calling it Montes, that's probably what, it's probably because he just went, hey, this is distinctive. Well, we went through a bunch of titles, and a lot of them were, like, uh, a lot of them were, like, kind of, like, Second City ripoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apes of Wrath or some shit. Uh Like, like, you know how they have that, uh, I don't know, I think one of them was, like, 
jumping the snark. Uh, oh. But, like, you know, it just, like, got dangerously close to not even, like, Second City show, but, like, uh, like a writing six show title. Yeah, you know I mean? for just, sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. It's hard at this point to name sketch shows and to name improv teams. I feel like right. there's so much... Um, there's so many like jokes surrounding it already and so many other things that have been established that you have to just like my friend Lauren's relatively new Herald team is called spider in the car, (laughs) 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 which is so absurd that kind of makes it work. But like to a general audience, it doesn't really work. You know, at least I don't think, you know, a non-comedy audience, if they're just like, what is this spider in the car? You know, like <laughs> we're gonna go see Spider in the Car tonight. Right, yeah. right. So it's funny uh, to think about like the uh, the battle between those two audiences. Yeah, and like to me, like uh, I started just thinking way too much about the title, and I was like, I'd rather focus on the content the than show. like f- naming my fucking show. Uh, and like you know, there's some good ones out there. Like my roommate Tony, they uh, he just put on a sketch show and. Uh, their title was Ignorance is This. Oh, yeah, that's um, great. So, like, that's good. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the more and more I thought about a title, I was, like, the more and more I was, like, I am thinking too much about this. And fuck, or, like, who cares what the show it is called? It doesn't matter like, at all. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can call this show Apple, and as long as it's good, like, no one will give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, the um, Nerdalogs, at some point, uh, within the last year, we're going had like the sketch was uh, born out of just like um, like picking at the second city, um, like like you said, writing six or whatever you know yeah. skybox show uh, format of naming things, and they were all just we just made this list of like probably fifty at least uh, twerking puns. <laughs> like twerking hard or hardly twerking, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. everybody twerking for the weekend. And, like I like twerking for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, it was so <laughs> like <laughs> uh, studs twerkles twerking. Like it, okay. it was. Uh, so we had this list. We we're like, well, we can't just make it um, about this because that's too internal. So how do we like couch this in something that an entire like that anyone would be able to understand that it's absurd. Right. Um and we made it like a startup and uh there or it was like uh maybe not even a startup. It maybe was like just like uh some kind of I think it was just assumed there was some kind of BuzzFeed esque uh or uh online article that someone was writing at a like cool trendy place uh and it was like uh hey guys uh i'm writing a article about how um, millennials are finding it hard to balance their work life and their social lives what should i title it and then we like the entire rest of the video is just too long of us <laughs> naming off twerking puns so like the bit just became how like if we did you know it would have been like, this sucks, but it just becomes absurd how many there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that I feel like that's when I really started to think about the names of things more than I did before that. Of just like the grown worthy 
puns and things like you said actually work. Ignorance is this. I think that works. Yeah, that, that, sure. that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's late plug for a show that's not <laughs> already <anymore>. closed. Yeah. <laughs> you should have checked it out. <laughs> if you see ignorance is that, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back in time, man. Well, actually, if you can go back in time, check out my show. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Late plugs for both exactly, shows. Exactly. Yeah. You know why not? There's an alternate universe out there where either shows haven't happened yet. So yeah, and maybe this podcast still exists uh, in its current form in those alternate universes. Well, we're shooting the sound into space afterwards, right? Like the yes. radio transmission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like uh, that my, was in my contract, my TV. So yeah. <laughs> that was definitely in my contract. Oh, wow, you're the first person to read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thorough. I'm a thorough guy, I gotta say. Uh, well, Montes Doomshus yeah. is my guest today. That's and right. he's going to talk to me about his love of James Jimmy Stewart. That's right. James Maitland Jimmy Stewart. That's right. Awesome. Uh, Maitland? Maitland is, is his middle name. Uh, M-A-I-T-L-E-N-D. Maitland mm-hmm. Stewart. I might be saying it wrong. Uh, what's actually really sad about Jimmy Stewart mm-hmm. is uh, in all of his films... And whenever he, you know, signed his name or whatever, uh, he would go by James Stewart. You see, if like in credits it says James Stewart, yeah, but so like, even on his IMDb or whatever, exactly, it's listed as James. And uh, there just came a certain point where everyone was like, "Fuck it, dude, we're gonna call you Jimmy." Like, really? You're like, yeah, because everyone was just like, "Oh, good old Jimmy Stewart," you know, and like, uh, interesting. Uh, but I think no he tried his it. like hardest. He tried to his hardest. As James. <laughs> James, James, it That's just really didn't funny. work. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, it's better than, like, James Maitland Stewart, I yeah, guess. Yeah, true. Maitland, come on, man. James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you can relate, right? <laughs> yes, for sure, yeah. <laughs> That'd be like if people, uh, man, I, I hope that, like, Monty never catches on. Oh, like, yeah. You know? That's definitely, Montes is a unique name, but it's not... A bad name, you know what I mean? It's not Monty. Bad because I'm here. No, you know? I I mean that. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just unique, which I think is why it uh, you know trips people up. But Monty, woof. <laughs> you're just, first of all, you're not a Monty. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Especially because uh, I just said woof yeah. about woof. it. Woof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't you also have an interesting middle name? I do, yes. You don't have to say it. I, I mean, you brought it up, so you might. Uh, my full name is, is Montus Linus Dumptious. Linus. Uh, Linus. So, like, I, uh, I sound like a, like a Roman general or some shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's right. Miles Gloriosus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. uh, I've come to claim the Parthenon. My name is Montus Linus Dumptious. It really um, does. God damn it. I'm sorry. I have fun parents, guys. I have fun parents. Uh, but you know what? Like the uh, when I was What's a kid. What's your brother's name? Uh, my brother is uh, my brother is Gin. Uh, that's the the shortened version. Uh, but uh, his full name is uh, Gintotus Dumptious. Uh, he he goes by by Gin. It's easier. Um, so at least you're not. It's not like your name is Montes and his name is Chris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's kind of like that. My my dad's name is Al. Yeah. Uh, so like, I feel like it was like a cruel joke in a way. That is um, funny. Although uh, he tried, I, I was almost named, and I feel like names like shape people too mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, so I think I would be a different person if I was either one of these. Uh, but my dad originally wanted me to name me. 
uh, either Carl with a K, because mm-hmm. uh, he was obsessed with Karl Marx, um, outing my father as a communist. That's so uh, funny. Uh, my mom did not like that. Uh, yeah. Especially the K part. She was yeah. like, absolutely not. Because um, it's the only, it's like naming a kid Adolf. Like, <laughs> it, it's okay. distinctive a lot. All right. Well, no, no, no. Marx wasn't. No, no, no. That's not what I'm trying to say. Right. I'm not trying to like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. say that Karl Marx and Adolf Hitler are But you are can't name a kid same. Adolf anymore, you know? The only thing I was trying to equate it to is that Carl with a K, I think is distinctively, (laughs) is like distinctive enough as Karl Marx that you wouldn't like dissociate it from that. Does that make sense? True. But I wonder how many people would be like, oh, Carl with a K. Like Karl Marx, huh? You probably goddamn communist. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, so my mom immediately shot that down. His uh, his next choice was Wolf, which I thought would have been pretty badass. Mm-hmm. But again, like I feel like I would have been a different person. Mm-hmm. Like if I was like Wolf, I feel like yeah. I would be like uh, a no no offense to Wolfgang. Uh, who, for, who uh, past guest of the show? That's right, Wolfgang Stein. Uh, Not his like, given name though. I feel like if I was named Wolf and I was growing up as a kid named Wolf, like. I might be like an asshole nowadays. You know Maybe. what I mean? Yeah. Like a tough guy or something. Maybe like that. that's why he's such a nice guy is because Wolfgang is not his given name. That's true. But like we would need to compare it to someone who's had a name like <laughs> yeah. their whole life. <laughs> we'll do a study. We'll fund a uh-huh. study for it. Uh, I don't think you're wrong though. I'm trying to th- like. Like, do you think if you were named like um, like Kate or uh, like Laura or something that you would be? You know what I mean? I do think... I don't like when people just call me Mary. Yeah. Because I do think that represents a very different person. Okay. (laughs) For one reason or another, it just strikes me as, like... uh, I guess it's also something that I... You know, I think it's similar to... You don't want Monty to catch on as a nickname for you. Yeah. Because it just doesn't suit you. Like, I don't think just Mary suits me either but I it also is in a like I'm not shitting on everybody just named Mary like I don't know no, no, yeah no I hear you I have a pretty uh I like my name I like that it has a unique factor to it at least I do, I am kind of glad I'm not named Kate or Laura <laughs> no offense to any no Kate's or, to Kate's or <laughs> Laura's out there it's what it's uh, such a because it's not like any of us had a choice in the right. matter. But then when people do try to change their names or decide to, often it's met with like, what's this weird name thing? Isn't your name blah blah? Why do we have to call you Wolfgang now? No, if it's Wolfgang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it would only be met with people questioning it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, uh, God, well, who, you've seen Mallrats? Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it! Who who is who's that actor in it? Jason uh, Muse? No, not Jason oh, Muse. Uh, I don't know. He played. Uh, fuck! It doesn't matter. Um, I have seen Mallrats, but I don't know the name you're looking for. Uh, he, uh, he one of the guys in Mallrats named his kid uh, airplane pilot. I do know what you're talking about because I've heard that name before. So I. So, like, well, I think, like, and honestly, when I was growing up, uh, like, I got, uh, probably up until, like, sixth or seventh grade is when people were like, wow, that's a really cool name. But before that, people were like, that name is stupid. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And so, like, up until that point, I was just like, man, I wish I was just, like, 
James or fucking right. Tom or something, right. you know? Yeah. Like, get these assholes off my back. Right. That's really funny. So I can only imagine what, like, it's like being a fucking airplane pilot. Your whole <laughs> you know? Life. Like, exactly. And, like, when, once you get to a certain age, I think, like, personally, I would ditch airplane pilot and be like, I feel like a Jeff. <laughs> Just call me Jeff, yeah. guys. Yeah, that's the thing is, it seems, it's such a relatively arbitrary thing to begin with, but we also put so much stock in it. But it's also the way that you're identified throughout your entire life, be it legally or socially. Right. Like, I mean, it isn't like a giant part of life, like finding your identity, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> airplane pilot. Uh, do you think that, um, Jimmy Stewart would be a different actor if people hadn't started calling him Jimmy. <laughs> um, that that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think because I think he just ended up accepting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, like I assume that he didn't like it because Jimmy sounds like a, a kid's it's name. Kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like that whole name nickname thing, especially if it happens more with men's names. I think right. James versus Jimmy, Jeff versus Jeffrey. Uh, you know, Richard Dick, which is still <laughs> <Yeah>. baffling. <laughs> right, right. Um, which one of the uh, one of the greatest? Uh, I had to stop myself so hard. I was in. I used to work at Panera Bread when I was in high school. And a uh, big thing about Panera is that you know you got to take your name, uh, and they call it your name at the order. And uh, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do a half Jimmy Stewart impression because this guy like kind of sounded like it, mm-hmm. uh, but this old guy like ordered. He's like, yeah, can I get an, uh, an egg salad on a on a bagel? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, would you like chips or an apple with that? I'll take chips. <laughs> uh, and I was like, all right. And uh, can I get a, a name for the order? Yeah, the name is and like there was like a fucking like three second pause. The name is Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I just almost died in this guy's face. And I was like, okay, dick. <laughs> Call your name when the order is ready. But just, <laughs> so not only did he pause, yeah. but also he like, said it in the most like forceful, hesitant way. Yeah, my name is Dick. I'm going to own it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like in that situation, that man has gone through his life named Dick. For long enough that that shouldn't have faced him. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? That's if true. that's actually his yeah. name, some guy asking his name so that they can write it on his sandwich, <laughs> he should just be like, My name is Dick. Like, my name has always been yeah. Dick. My name will probably always be Dick. Like, <laughs> But it suited him because he was like an old man. And, like, uh, yeah, you know, like I would see him as. He also ordered the most like old man thing that you can order, <laughs> which is a fucking egg salad sandwich. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's disgusting. Uh, which actually, Similarly, I was like, uh, this was great. Uh, two months ago, I was like at a Wendy's downtown, and the guy in front of me, he's like, I'll take an egg salad sandwich. And they're like, <laughs> the we, we don't have that here. We sell burgers. He's like, I'll take a burger then. But like, who goes into a Wendy's and asks for an egg salad sandwich? You know? Was he an older? Yeah, oh, he was super old. But like, well, I'm gonna, I'll go into this fine establishment. I'm sure they like, have a. Was he just like throwing it out there? What is this think, JNS like, it cafeteria? Was like, it was like the way he said it. It was like, well, everyone sells egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> oh, what was the origin of your love for Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> so what the was reason the origin I want to talk of your about love for egg salad sandwiches for uh, for well, they go hand in hand. Jimmy Stewart and egg salad. Uh, no, the. Uh, uh, 
so like you know before I came on the show I because uh, you've you've had so many great people uh, sit on this couch um, and uh, I'm so honored to be here by the way I'm honored uh, to have you here and I was just like scrolling through the collection that you had mm-hmm. and everyone just co- you know you've covered so many great topics um, mm-hmm. and you obviously don't want to repeat any because why would you mm-hmm. um, I just started to think I was like well what's around now it's like it's Thanksgiving Christmas is coming up and uh, Instead of just having like a conversation about the holidays, mm-hmm. like which you considered, oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I and would have been super fun, I'm sure, yeah. But um, the thing that really like I identify with the holidays is, and especially as a performer as well, is that like uh, ever since I can remember, it was kind of like uh, like a household tradition that we would watch uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" mm-hmm. around Christmas time, and I know that like uh, NBC now does it. Uh, I think they show it on Thanksgiving Day, which is kind of like whatever. You yeah. should keep it till uh, you know Closer December to at least. Yeah. yeah. But um, but it, it's just it's so much more than that. Uh, it, it started out with "It's a Wonderful Life," and I, I've seen that movie uh, every year since I can remember. Um, and. Uh, on top of that, it, like, uh, as I was a kid, like, I just grew, like, I must have been, like, this fucking nerd. Like, I was probably the only kid in the United States that when I was, like, uh, you know, age 11 or 12 was like, I want to be just like Jimmy Stewart <laughs> when I grow up. Uh, and, I love that. And so... In this, like, currently... That's probably true, but at the time, uh, yo, yeah. <laughs> I, there were probably like thousands of kids yeah. who were like, "I want to be just like Jimmy Stewart when I grow up." Yeah, and like very early on, like films had like a huge impact on me in the way that like uh, I would watch them and I was like, "Man, I really want to do that." Like when I grow up, I want to do that. And now I'm older, I'm like, "Oh man, I'm old enough to do that. How do I do that?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, like, right, right. Uh, but like, so I feel like life is just a periodic like of like waiting till the uh-huh. next right you know uh-huh. like i, totally uh, I can't wait to do this uh yeah yeah uh, that's so funny mm-hmm. but uh but even like you know after it's a wonderful life my dad was a very big jimmy stewart fan as well so i would just watch uh we just watch jimmy stewart movies all the time we watch like vertigo uh the man who shot liberty valance uh harvey harvey is a great jimmy stewart film uh i um, i've never seen the film version of harvey but i've seen it as a play so you've seen the play yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a great play yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, and he does such a great job. And I can imagine that El Elmore is that the what's the name of the lead? Oh, uh, fuck. Um, you know, I was just watching a clip earlier today. Uh, it's like El. It's not like Elwood. Is it? I thought it was Elwood. It might be. I think um, it is. Uh, but regardless, I like. Uh, I I would just start watching Jimmy Stewart a lot. Uh, like me, my dad, and my brother, and. Um, he was just like uh, like a massive inspiration for me to to get into performing and to get into acting, and and he himself is kind of just like a he's a very niche actor. I mean, he's like one of those guys yeah. that like plays himself, right? Yeah. Um, but like, or it play, or at least plays whatever version of himself ended up being right. on film. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like the thing that really drew me to him is that like. God damn, the guy is just so likable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like anything that that guy does, mm-hmm. like he plays like the everyman, like the the middle class hero kind. It's like of. the classic 
quintessential version of that. Right. How yeah. can you, how can you not root for Jimmy Stewart yeah. and whatever he's in, in right? Any, like Mr. Yeah. Smith goes to Washington, like uh-huh. whatever, like, especially like, oh God, Jimmy Stewart, like when he's down in a film, like you really fucking feel it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I just uh, got chills just from you, like suggesting that as a, as a, uh, you know, something that is a film is about or thinking, even thinking about, you know, it's a wonderful life and, just how much you want to root for, you know, George Bailey. Exactly. I mean, that's like, uh, I, and, and that's what, like, honestly, that's what I try to take, uh, even today, whatever role that I do. I mean, even when we did, uh, splatter where you mm-hmm. have to do these lines that are so, um, stilted, stilted and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I try to take into every role is what Jimmy Stewart did so well is that like, no matter what he did, uh, no matter what he said, he said it with such an honesty that, I mean, you couldn't help but like root uh, for the guy. You know what I mean? I love mean? that. Yeah. Um, I know on the, I know when AFI has done like, I think they've done a couple of different lists that Mr. Smith goes to Washington has been either at the top or towards the top of, um, and I know one of them is like, uh, like it's like greatest movie villains and then greatest movie heroes and i'm pretty sure his character from mr smith goes to washington if not is like number one it's in the top three yeah and i think so much of it just has to do with the fact that it's jimmy stewart and you just like you said can't help but root for him yes uh so that's totally an understandable um Like, like thing to cling to and desire to uh reach right and like it's like uh like we always hear this i think as as performers or actors um and like sometimes i don't think it comes across in improv as much i feel like sometimes in improv it's kind of like you just try to say the most ridiculous thing as Mm -hmm. possible and hopefully like the audience like erupts into laughter Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but like jimmy stewart is probably and i I do want to say that like you know i was a theater major in college and everything but i really feel like a lot of my education in terms of acting and stuff came from the films that I watched and analyzed as opposed to, like, classes, if that makes sense. Interesting, um, yeah. Not to say that, like, classes are meaningless or uh-huh. whatever, but, like, I feel like you, I gained much you, more from you analyzing. You went to UMass Amherst. I did. I went to UMass Amherst. So this may officially mean that uh, UMass, UMass Amherst alumni are, like, the most prominent of the podcast. <laughs> I can't think of any other school that would have more than like two. Because who'd you have? You had Scott, you had... Uh, uh, Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly, that's right. Um, At least the three of you. Do you have Liz Cardona? She will be eventually. She will be? Okay. Yeah. That's not a yeah. mass person. Yeah. I'm trying to think if anyone else has done it, but I'm just... Also, at the same time, like, there's no way there's any other school that all that three people have gone to the same place. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it, honestly, like a, a bunch of us. It just like it that's just what came that's more why I brought it up than anything else is because there's such a large uh, uh, fat like faction of the improv community that came. It's from. almost like UMass Amherst is almost kind of like a like a minor league farm system <laughs> for for like potential Chicago <laughs> improvisers. Um, it's uh. So when I went there, uh, I, I went there as a theater major. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quickly found that uh, I had two options. 
I could improv. I, I could uh, audition for one of the improv groups mm-hmm. uh, and perform every Friday or Saturday night consistently. Uh huh. Or I could audition for one of the theater department shows and like spend three months working on this show that I didn't really like, which ended up usually being something like Pericles, which is Shakespeare's uh, worst fucking show right. that he ever wrote. Uh, or like uh, and. Uh, like a hip hop version of uh, Medea, and oh, not God. like not like the cool like Tyler Perry classics. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like yeah, you know the, the Greek original plays. Medea, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and like and then after like three months of rehearsals, you do four shows, right? Oh, I was gonna say, um, I'm always so, of those. so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna learn a lot more. I think by just consistently performing yeah. every weekend. So yeah. I ended up auditioning for for Mission Improbable. Uh, I got into that. I later became uh, director of Mission Improbable for nice. a year. Um, but yeah, we all kind of just like, we all, first, and then like the the funny thing is when I moved out here is uh, after talking to Mick, I found out that we rehearsed way too much. Like really? I dro- Like I drove this troop into the ground. Not like in a bad way that like uh-huh. it dissipated. It's still active. They still do a bunch of shit. But like uh, I was doing three rehearsals a week. I was doing uh, a Tuesday-Thursday rehearsal for a couple hours where we just come together and do fuck around and do scenes. Mm-hmm. And then we would uh, have our shows Saturday nights and Saturday in the afternoon we'd get together for an hour-long rehearsal. Before the- so I, we were doing like three rehearsals a week for this show and I like I didn't know any better because I didn't know like the improv scene, yeah. you know what it's like. Yeah. And then I finally, when I moved out here, Mick was like, what were you doing? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess I made it like towards the end of the year, like I got really burnt out and so did yeah, everyone else, you know? Yeah, I think when I was in college, we had rehearsals twice a week, but we didn't have weekly shows. We would usually only have about, like, mm, every other week, maybe once a month. So I think it made it less. And even then, having, especially when, because a lot of people were theater majors, and if we weren't, then like people like myself who were in a lot of the shows so it just like inundated your schedule especially around when there were theater productions um but do you feel were there times when you were in college that you said you felt like you like learned more garnered more from just like watching movies do you feel like there was crossover there or uh do you feel like those two things were like independent was ever a time that you've like scholastically explored film or even specifically uh something that Jimmy Stewart was in? Uh not Jimmy Stewart. I mean, um yeah, I took a bunch of film classes mm-hmm. when I was in college too. Um like I don't want to like put down college or classes no. or whatever. You know what I mean? No, like, and that's not what I was trying and, to get like, you to do either. Stay in school, kids, you know, right. but like uh I feel like oftentimes I would make more of my own observations in terms of specifically helping me act, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and you know, there were great general notes that I got in classes and stuff that really helped me as well. Um, but if I also didn't put in the time of, of watching films and studying films myself, I I don't think I'd be where I am today. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of, to be said where that's concerned, uh, with anything, but especially, or, but specifically with improv, like if you're just going to take classes and you're getting notes and you're garnering information in that way, there's still like, if you don't do anything with that on a personal level or figure out your own like strengths and weaknesses, there's you, it's only going to get you so far. You're only going to learn so much. Exactly. Yeah. 
So they said for that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some great classes that I took at UMass uh, that were very helpful. Like uh, there was a dialects class that I took that was oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I took a film class as an elective my senior year, and we watched Rear Window, and that's the only reason yeah, yeah, I yeah. seen Rear Window. Um, and it was, I really liked it. Like it's one of um, not enough Hitchcock movies that I've seen. I'll say that. Yeah, like sure. I've seen maybe. If you ever want to borrow any, I have this massive like Hitchcock collection. Awesome. Yeah. I've actually never seen Vertigo, and I'd really like to. Oh, Vertigo is one of his best films. Rope is really good, too. I Someone told me that recently, um, and I've never seen either one. Um, isn't Rope uh, kind of like Birdman in that it's like essentially continuously oh i haven't either um but it's it's shot such that it um is one continuous take pretty much yeah so like rope is basically uh uh if i'm wrong and i haven't seen it in like six or seven years uh rope is essentially uh jimmy stewart plays this like professor Mm -hmm. uh i I think on like i don't know if he's a professor of forensics or what uh something to do with that Mm -hmm. uh and uh, two of his students have killed someone, and basically, like uh, Jimmy Stewart, like figures it out. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think um, I might have just bastardized the plot of that. Oh, I mean, <laughs> part but, of the fun of this is that like there's no fact yeah. checks. There you uh, go. I'm just talking to people about. But somebody's gonna be like, sitting at home like, no, that's yeah, not true. Like pushing, that up, <laughs> um, pushing up their glasses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The Conan O'Brien. <laughs> sign for the nerd <laughs> yeah. via Conan O'Brien. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I find myself... I, <laughs> this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I'll bookmark um, what I was actually going to talk about next um, and come back to it. But no, that's a great. quick story. That's great. I, I was shooting something um, with some people uh, at where I work yesterday, and um, I just kind of like nonchalantly offered up my um, place of work as worse a place we could shoot honestly not expecting that that would be where we ended up but we did um and it is a scientific lab and we have um a a hydrogen generator uh it essentially it's a fuel cell that so it works just like a fuel cell and you just have to keep it you have to keep water in it and keep it wet and it converts water into hydrogen um and while we were shooting in another room, we heard something beep. And we're like, what is that beeping? And and so I was like, well, when the hydrogen... Like, in my head, I was thinking, when the hydrogen generator gets low in water, it does beep. But I hate that I'm going to have to stand up in a room full of people and say, it might be the hydrogen generator. <laughs> <laughs> so I just stood up and, like, as I was walking down the hall, was like, well, it might be the hydrogen like that's exactly how yeah. I said it. That's great. Though. Yeah, so everyone died, and I like well, and I came back in, and I was like, it wasn't the hydrogen generator. They were like, oh, that's a real thing. Like they thought I was yeah. just joking. Uh, but what I was gonna say before that uh, is that my understanding is that Rope was kind of um, like a lot of Hitchcock movies, um, uh, unique. And before it's time in that he did, he made it seem like it was, if not all one take, then like only a few by just like, you know, uh, making the camera, um, like the end of a shot go into like someone's back and then like panning back out from the person's back so Mm. that like, obviously there was a cut there, but you can't discern it, you know, uh, which is again, 
from what I'm to understand, something that Birdman employs as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and from what I from what I remember, I think Rope is entirely shot in like the same room. I don't think they yeah. move locations. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Uh, yeah, man, I haven't seen that in a long time, so <laughs> uh, I should I should rewatch it. Uh, I could have completely fucked up the description. I don't think I did. No. I think that was. I think that if nothing else um, is close enough. Yeah, it's good. En- it's good enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but re- but rear window is also essentially just his room. Yeah, like so. Like looking across, like mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. with his binoculars. I mean, obviously, you get you know what happens across the street from him, but it's mostly a one location movie. So you have. Two one-location movies, same actor, same director, both, like, still very, especially Rear Windows, totally iconic. But, like, I think at the time they were probably, like, the most popular movies when they came out kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to me to think about um, the kind of presence and, like, celebrity Jimmy Stewart was around... Like, when those kinds of things were getting made. Yeah, I mean, he just, like... And, and, and I was trying to think about it today, if there's anyone like that today. But he, he literally personified, uh, like I said earlier, like, the, the Everman. He was, like, the middle-class hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's, like... I Because, you know, there's a bunch of actors today that play themselves. But is there anyone, like, on the same scale mm-hmm. that he was? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I guess, like, there's... In a way, there's like you know, there's Tom Cruise. He always plays himself. He plays the action guy. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Tom Hanks actually. Tom Hanks. Okay. Actually, Tom Hanks is probably a pretty good comparison mm-hmm. uh, to Jimmy Stewart. It's funny because um, Katie Johnston Smith has uh, a friend of mine has done the show before and talked mm-hmm. about Tom Cruise, and I think she may Tom have Hanks. even. Or Tom, I'm sorry, Tom Hanks. Thank you. Um, and I think she may have even said that she feels like he's the only example of that in, like, current culture. Like, there's no one else. He kind of harkens back to the Jimmy Stewart type of being, like, the leading man. Not necessarily... I would even say that, like, Jimmy Stewart has more um, traditionally attractive features than uh, Tom Hanks does. Yeah. Like... I don't think he's necessary. I don't think he's Tom not a Scientologist. Hanks- right. <laughs> I don't think Tom Hanks is necessarily like getting cast because of his looks. Oh, you even- Tom Hanks. I yeah. mean Tom Cruise. Oh no, I yeah, really Tom do. Hanks is not a Scientologist. Right. 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 But yeah. No, I totally see. No, I actually would say that. Like, I think that's pretty spot on. I think Tom Hanks is probably the closest thing that we have to to Jimmy Stewart nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um. Including personal appearances, our public perception of him, things like that. I think there's, yeah, I just don't think there's even anyone else that really comes into the conversation that I can think of to compare to it. Um, so did, do you feel like there was a time you said that you felt like you were probably the only kid who was like, I want to be Jimmy Stewart when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think there was a time where it hit you that you were like, oh, this is kind of unique, isn't it? Like, that you did have such a, um, like, attraction or, or whatever to him. <laughs> well, I mean... That's yeah. not the right word. Right. No, 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 I get it. Um, Intrigue. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I actually never really thought about it in that mm-hmm. way, in that perspective. It was just kind of like... Um, 
I always thought of him as like an actor that I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, my age didn't get to experience because of whatever times change, you know, mm-hmm. in that age range, uh, his films aren't really relevant to yeah. you. And so like, um, yeah, kids don't want to watch a black and white movie traditionally. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but which I mean, not, like, which is not to say that all of his were, but <laughs> right. I mean, there was never really like, uh, I mean, I know like no one really, uh, when I was growing up as a kid, no one really knew of Jimmy Stewart. Uh, but I guess like it wasn't until, later on when I was more of an adult that I like that I realized, man, like I was probably like the only kid in mm-hmm. my town, like outside of my brother that was like consistently watching Jimmy uh, Stewart films. That's you know? great though. I, kinda, I love that. But I also didn't have the idea of like I didn't go to school and was like what do you mean you didn't see? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, didn't... What do you mean you didn't see Harvey? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's not like you're berating. Yeah, I mean, it's I like knew, you're I trying to have the conversations yeah. about Vertigo with exactly. us. Val yeah. Kilmer, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy uh, Stewart is my Batman. Yeah, yeah. I think like Jimmy Stewart though is actually one of the first actors that I recognized for. Uh, specifically in helping me, like, the craft of, okay. of being an actor. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we're like, yeah, I loved, like, other movies. Like, I loved, like, the fucking Michael Keaton Batman movies, but mm-hmm. I was never growing up being like, how can I harness Michael Keaton's <laughs> Batman acting ability, you know, and, uh-huh. like, use it for my own? Do you um, think that's because of what his, like, everyman nature? Yes, I definitely think so. I think it's, uh, like I said, like, a really big thing for me um, not only in, in just acting, but in, in personal, in, in life, like, so, like, I'm, I like to think that, like, I'm, like, a super honest guy. Like, if you ask me any question, I will, I won't bullshit you. Awesome. Probably. I, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, but, I tried like, to strive towards that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, honesty is a huge thing for me, and, and Jimmy Stewart is honestly, like, the, uh, not to use the word a shit ton, uh, but <laughs> Jimmy Stewart is, like, the most honest guy that I can think of to be like, when I think of honesty, it's like, Oh, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, earnest, I think earnest, is yes. also a good, um, word to throw in there. Right. And like, he just said, uh, like he delivered his lines with such, uh, uh, like he was just so natural about, I like, I actually have this, uh, this Cary Grant quote on my yeah. phone, uh, that, uh, I think is Sums apropos. It yeah. Um, let me pull it up. Sorry. Okay. That's here okay. we go. I actually got it right here. Um, uh, and this is something that I like, I try to take to heart. Like I said, with every role that I do, um, Mm -hmm. no matter how ridiculous it is, I I try to incorporate this in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, but Cary Grant said, uh, he had the ability to talk naturally. He knew that in conversations, people do often interrupt one another and it's not so easy to get a thought out. It took a little time for the sound men to get used to him, but he had an enormous impact. And then some years later, Marlon Brando came out and did the same thing all over again. But what people forget is that Jimmy did it first. Um, and it's just like his Jimmy Stewart's natural way of talking that I think uh, is amazing. I mean, honestly, I can't think of another film. And it still happened. Like, and I told you, I, I watched this film once a year since I can remember. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I still... Uh, cry at the end of oh, It's a Wonderful Life. I don't see how people don't. <laughs> right? If you don't cry at some point at that ending, and there's like several points that you Yeah, can, like, I was gonna say, I up. cry a like, bunch of times. You, like, you are a goddamn robot. Robot, yeah. <laughs> Stoneheart. I'll tell you... Uh, I'd like to know what does make you cry if... 
Right? It's a Wonderful Life does not. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's just like the classic, because who hasn't felt like George Bailey at one point or yeah. another, right? Not like, yeah, not like you, you lost $8,000 and you know, you don't know how to make it up. Right. But like, who hasn't felt like or at the end of their the rope? Or whatever the modern equivalent. Right. For it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But who hasn't like, yeah. who hasn't at one point thought like, man, I would be better off dead. Right? Yeah. And so like, I think that's what's so endearing about that film and mm-hmm. like, uh... That, it's just so good in so many ways. Like, he, like, I feel like so many people can relate to it because George Bailey is someone who put aside his own dream for, uh, to be able to, like, take over his family's business and, like, uh, uh, you know, take care of his family and his town in the best way that he knew how, even though it wasn't really something that he was interested in doing. And, uh, and then, like, after that, just constantly got shit on for it, basically. Right. Uh, but the ending... To see all of that, like, hardship and frustration and thanklessness come to a head in such an emotional, beautiful, supportive, positive way is so amazing. Right. A man is not a failure who has friends. Exactly, yeah. Like, there is nothing more heartening to me, I think, because I really live my life trying to surround my people my people trying to surround myself with people that I want to be surrounded by and like you can't you know you do have to have a certain sense of self you do have to have uh where your self-worth is concerned and your self-awareness is concerned but like I feel like if you're doing that then you're probably also doing a good job by proxy of being around people that you like (laughs) yeah and like you know like you know don't get me wrong there's like uh several parts of the film that are slightly ridiculous. Yes. Uh, But, like, I mean, the message still stands. Yes. And, like, I mean, my favorite, like... Oh, my God. My favorite part uh, in terms of, like, it just being wrong and, like, being, like, really? Is that, like... uh, you know, uh, George Bailey is like he's ex- experiencing life if he had never been born, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he's finally like, "Mary, where is Mary?" And like uh, Clarence is like, "Oh, you're not gonna like it, George." And he's like, "Where is Mary?" Yeah, <laughs> she's at the library. And like uh, he goes to the library, and like the worst thing that happened to his wife was that she, she became, became a, a lonely yeah. librarian. That and, like, is fucked. Really, it's totally fucked. That's the worst thing in yeah. Pottersville when there's uh, like whores and like casinos everywhere. Yeah. Like the worst thing that happened to his wife is that uh, she became a librarian yeah so. <laughs> i mean that that aspect of it definitely shows is uh one of the biggest like signs of the time <laughs> yeah like, i mean like your, your wife would have been a old maid librarian yeah not like a hooker on the street you know yeah. what i mean like there's so many worse things in pottersville that you could be and, yeah. I, if anything, I would look around Pottersville and be like, "All right, Mary did all right for herself." <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Good thing she didn't totally go to smut. Yeah. 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 Also, Pottersville looks pretty rocky. You know I mean? Like, like gambling, Pottersville, more like Partiesville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But still, like that's honestly that's also like one of my favorite moments too. Is that when he runs back to Bedford Falls and he looks at the sign and it's not Pottersville. Yeah. And it says, uh, uh, welcome to, uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? Um, 
God, what's the name of the town? This is Bedford Falls. You just said it. Oh, Bedford Falls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I was like, what's I he trying to it. think of? Uh, yeah. When he comes back and the sign says Bedford Falls, and like the, the best part is, and that's another thing that I love Jimmy Stewart is just like the honesty and just like the the his the natural ability of acting is just uh, like he sees the sign and just like the most excited that Jimmy uh, Stewart and Howard be just yeah. <laughs> it's just really really sweet. Yeah. Um, I want to play you. I have the clip. Uh, I'm not going to play you the whole thing because it's the eight minute. It's the last eight minutes of the film, but I have uh, the MP3 and like this line fucking gets me every time. And if uh, you don't like tear up at this line, like I said, you're a oh, goddamn man. robot. I'm, um, I was already like getting emotional just thinking about the when he does realize that it's Bedford Falls yeah. and stuff like that. So, go ahead. Also, like uh, a dream of mine is is one of these. It's probably one of about before I'm about to leave Chicago. Uh, I hope it's around Christmas time. Uh, I really just want to get drunk and like and around Christmas just run down Clark Street and just start yelling Merry Christmas you yeah. Wrigley Field yeah you know? <laughs> Merry Christmas you old cubby bear <laughs> I love it uh, Merry Christmas abandoned I.O. you know <laughs> um alright I think I queued it up if not we're, I guess we're just gonna listen to it but okay. it's when his brother comes back in oh nice instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. man in town. If you don't tear up, at, <laughs> if you don't tear up at my big brother George, the, the richest, richest man, man in, in town, town, then there is something fucking wrong with you. It's awesome, man. It's so good. And it's so, like, it's hard to even imagine that movie and that story being told without it being Jimmy Stewart. Right. Yeah. 
It's uh, what's what's really funny to me too is that uh, Jimmy Stewart is so just goddamn likable and, and such a good actor that if you really like look at his films, he plays crazy people. <laughs> he plays fucking crazy people. Like uh, Harvey is about uh, is a yeah. film about a guy that sees a fucking six foot tall invisible rabbit and mm-hmm. no one believes him. But like you're watching the film and Jimmy Stewart's talking about oh what's my Harvey and you know he, he's six foot tall. He's he asking me what my name is and you're just like yeah Jimmy Stewart fuck yeah man like I can <laughs> I'm in I'm in I'm in. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, even Rear Window. There, Rear Window, he plays a creeper that <laughs> yeah. like looks across. <laughs> there are parts of that movie that you're like, oh damn! Like, I think I saw a murder over there. Yeah, uh, you know, and like, uh, you should not be doing <laughs> yeah. this anymore. Don't look at other people. <laughs> don't be using binoculars looking at people's apartments. Yeah, um, it got and there's like I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> Vertigo is about a guy. Have you seen Vertigo? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vertigo is about a guy very early on. Like the love of his life uh, leaps off of this bell tower and kills herself, and then he finds this woman that looks exactly like her. Oh. So he starts fucking, you know, following her around. They become right. friends, and then eventually he starts making this woman look like his previous dead girlfriend. So, so uh, but again, you're like Jimmy Stewart. I'm on board. You know, so yeah. like, it's like Jimmy Stewart plays like so a variety funny. of kind of like crazy people, but Interesting. like he pulls it off because like like I said, he's like the everyman, and like uh-huh. everyone's just like. Man, yeah, Jimmy Stewart, you can't. I, do- <laughs> I buy it. Yeah, yeah, but like, it, yeah. Oh man, it's so interesting to think about if he wasn't able to pull those kinds of things. Like, how would we watch Rear Window if it were not a care like an actor playing it that? you could kind of get behind. You know what I mean? Right. If it was some guy who was just playing it real creepy, would it? Would you even be able to, like, stomach the movie? You know what I mean? <laughs> or would it be something where you're just like, ew, why, why would I watch this movie about a creep? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. though. I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. That's just, like, and, and again, like, that's a, a big thing that I've, from his acting that I've, I've taken with me, uh, uh-huh. uh, not like oh, like play crazy people is uh-huh. <laughs> you know, right, like, right, right, right. But it's just like um, he, like uh, he's he's like I, I don't know if I if I just said this like uh, you know several you know twenty minutes ago or not. But he's the uh, he's the guy that I think really first clicked when you know there's the saying of it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, he's the first person that clicked. Interesting. Uh, uh, because, like, honestly, like, Jimmy Stewart can fucking say anything. And, like, I'm on board. I honestly you know think I mean? you started to say yeah, this. And, then we and, never, and I probably, yeah, like, right. sidetracked it. Because you're talking about how in improv you yeah, can just say yeah. the most ridiculous thing. I don't think you ever, like, actually finished the thought. So, <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm I'm glad, glad you We come full circle. <laughs> I finished that thought. I'll just edit all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was, like... Uh, and not to say that, like, words aren't ex- important, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, like, you know, there's been several great uh, screenplays that come out over time. Sure. Um, but, like, uh, I like I was talking about this uh, to my roommate earlier tonight uh, before coming over here, that, uh, like, I can't really think of it, uh, of it off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm positive that there is probably a bad movie that Jimmy Stewart is in. But you can, I don't think you can be, like... I don't think I've ever seen a film where, like, his man, performance. Yeah, was bad. like Jimmy Stewart did a bad job in that. You know, I would be really interested to 
like to know if there were any reviews at the time that were just like who really phoned it in Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Well actually the uh I'll, you know what a great example of this is is that so Jimmy Stewart also did uh on, on top of uh, films he did uh, a bunch of radio plays which okay. were popular you know at the time mm-hmm. and you can find a number of them on Spotify uh, I suggest that you uh that yeah, sounds out of time. awesome uh but there's one radio play that he did I actually listened to a week ago uh called uh the guy who had to have a horse <laughs> it's literally the name of it. The guy who, which is like the most like 1960. Yeah, like, the, the, guy, the guy who had to have a horse. But yeah. he's also <laughs> in a bunch of movies that are kind of titled like that. Yeah, that's like, true. like that's true. Yeah. Not even, not even the you know really deep cut ones of like the guy. Because what yeah. is it? One of his first movies, like the guy who blah blah. I think yeah, uh, something like that. But he's yeah. But there's also you know even just Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the name of a children's. Yeah, <laughs> and like I'll tell you what the guy who had to have a horse is about. Uh, we, it's like the plot sounds ridiculous, but like Jimmy Stewart completely pulls it off. Uh, the plot is uh, Jimmy Stewart's character. He grew up in in Montana, and uh, the the radio play starts out with like Jimmy Stewart in the bar of all his friends, and they're like, it's like wartime, and they're like, oh, we're so glad that you got the cavalry. I know you wanted that, and like you know mm-hmm. you love horses, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, that's yeah, thank you guys. Do I have to make a speech? And like they're like, yeah, you do. And he's like, oh, thank you guys. Blah blah blah. Uh, they give as like a going away present. They give him a saddle to oh, wow. uh, to put on his cavalry horse that he um, shall eventually ride. Exactly. Uh, and then it cuts to the next day where he comes back into the bar, and they're like, why aren't you? Why aren't you gone yet? And uh, he's like, well, uh, papers got mixed up, and I'm in the navy. Uh And so like, <laughs> and like Jimmy Stewart's character's whole thing is about. Just he wanted a horse. He That's just like wanted his own horse. The, and like obviously you're off. only reason he enlisted, yeah. etc. Right. etc. And so like, you know, now he's on the Navy, we're fucking you have zero chance of having a horse. Yeah. And so that's what the radio... It's a 30-minute radio play. But anyway, the, the play ends up being about how, like, while they're stationed at some island or something, there is a horse that's dying that they're going to put down via rifle. And <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, like, saves him. And uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart's just like, just give me two weeks. Give me two weeks and I'll, I'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's like... But it's like... It's such a ridiculous plot. It's just yeah. like Jimmy Stewart, like nursing this horse back to life before uh, he has to ship out to war again. Uh, but, like, you're totally on board. Like, man, like, hope Jimmy doesn't lose his friend. <laughs> but, like, that's the kind of guy he is, you know? It's yeah. like, you could put him in, like, uh, one of my favorite things is, is like, and this is what I want to start getting into, is so, like, I w- I've watched Jimmy Stewart so much, and, uh, uh, you know, he, he like I said, he's the he's the every man, he's the the middle class hero. Everyone probably loves Jimmy Stewart, which also in turn means that everyone has a Jimmy Stewart impression. Yes. Which like you know, I I and t- tonight like this is it. I'm gonna like you know R.I.P. my Jimmy Stewart impression <laughs> yeah. because like I can't I can never use it for anything, right? Yeah. Like I can't use it like uh like maybe in the 1970s if I was auditioning for SNL, I'd be like, here's my killer Jimmy Stewart. Right. You know, it's not. It's like I mean, not it's topical. It's not like well, it's almost you know. like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, exactly. Like no one would ever do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression anymore. But like everyone has an approximation of one because he was enough of an iconic. I mean, like I wouldn't draw a comparison between them 
in the least, yeah, except yeah, yeah. for that. Uh, but you also, it's not like you would, like you said, go do an, a current SNL audition. Like, <laughs> all right, here's my Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, like, here's my hot take of Jimmy Stewart. Hope you're ready for it. Um, but, uh, but there's just like, I, I just love like the nuances uh-huh. uh, of Jimmy Stewart and like, he's a guy like ever since I was a kid, I was trying to do a Jimmy Stewart impression. So uh, I love the, uh, I love that you've already done, a, done it a couple of times. Oh, just like. I've done it a lot. I did, I did it as a sketch in college and actually the, I haven't done it since this moment. Uh, it was actually like very like coincidental and like upsetting in a way like i did like so we uh on, on top of being like in mission improbable we also mm-hmm. were in the sketch group called sketch 22 mm-hmm. and mm, that's a good name. uh so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's a decent name. i like it uh, yeah it's not bad it's better than mission yeah. Improbable. <laughs> yeah. I, I i i uh don't think i've ever told you this but i know i've told other former members of mission improbable this but at Furman, our improv group's name was improvable cause <laughs> so like Similar, Im- improbable cause, improbable, improbable. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as like uh, I think. I think the worst one was uh, uh, so uh, obviously Northwestern is big out here, mm-hmm. uh, and and on the East Coast we have Northeastern in mm. Boston, uh, and so uh, their NU and uh, Northeastern University and their their improv group was uh, new. And you knew and improved, <laughs> and we were like, we used to like. Uh, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Uh, we used to shit on those guys all the time. Knew and improved. I have not verbally responded because I've been too busy with my jaw agape. <laughs> new and improved. Yeah. But also the new is I, and you, you like. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> talk about problem. trying too <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> right. Right. Again, I apo- apologies to Northeastern. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that's rough. I mean, I honestly, I want to say right here, right now, if there's anyone who's listening to this, who I won't even say went to Northeastern, I will say who like was a member of New and Improved and is offended by this conversation. Please let me know. I seriously doubt that. You know what? Happen. I can I can one up New and Improved. Um, uh, we had so Mission Improbable was the short form group in uh-huh. UMass, and we also had a long form group. The short uh-huh. form group did Saturday nights. The long form group did Friday, Friday. nights. Mm-hmm. Um, the long form group when I was there, and they have changed it since then. That's good. But the long form group. Do you know when if I it's still there, new and improved? No, no, no. This is. I mean, this is you, a UMass. No, I'm saying. Do oh, you do know I know if it's it still new? Is. Oh man, I'll have to I'll, look, I'll I'll look Facebook it up. It. We'll, we'll look it up. I bet you it is. I bet you 100 percent it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but uh, the long form group at UMass Amherst was uh, IWA Improv with Attitude. Oh no! Off of NWA, which oh, is like no. the worst. Um, so that was oh, it. No. That was, that's what it was called oh, when no. I was there. Uh, and improv with attitude. Improv with attitude. Because like you know what, I'm so sick of seeing improv with zero attitude. Oh no! But uh. They ended up, I think this is a far better name, uh, after I left, they changed it from IWA to Toast, 
which I think toast is much better That's than great. you know what fuck it name it something random Might exactly well. yeah. I, which I feel like is uh, harkens back to like when I was talking about like groups. titles and shit mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, groups in Chicago because like spider in the car I'm on board there's a team at CIC just called hat and there's a team and there's a herald team at IO just called dogs like and and no one is gonna sit around and go what. No, that's bullshit. Everyone is going like, oh, that's great. Like, (laughs) that's great. It's silly, but it's also, yeah, toast. Exactly. Toast. Toast is not bad. Oh, okay. So what I was getting to is like, so I haven't done this impression since then. Since this moment, actually. Uh, um, but the sketch, you the guys sketch. performed on Saturdays. Uh, sketch 22 would do uh, two or three Saturdays out of the semester. So they would take away someone's performing spot, mm-hmm. which I didn't really care because at the time I was in both groups. So nice. I wasn't losing stage time. Holla. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys uh, talk this out. <laughs> exactly, right. Uh, and since I was the director, I was like, yeah, you got the okay from me, buddy. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> And then I have to tell the troop, hey guys, you're not performing this week. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm an asshole. Uh, no. Uh, so for one hey, of the just shows. Just putting your fingers in all the pies, man. Oh, that's right, man. Dude, if there's one thing I like doing is putting fingers in pies, dude. Uh, take that, I know as, that you as you will. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I. Uh, one, one week, uh, I think it was my senior year. Yeah, it was my senior year. Uh, I had a runner. Where it was, uh, I did three Jimmy Stewart scenes, where it was just me on stage doing my Jimmy Stewart impression. Because still at that point, like you know, like like I said, like I grew up with the guy, so I've mm-hmm. been watching him uh, ever since I can remember. And so uh, while I don't think I have the greatest Jimmy Stewart impression, I think it's decent. Uh, and like you said, you appreciate more of the nuances about right. it than most impressionists probably would. And so like I uh, I did this like it was just a bit that was like it was Jimmy Stewart teaches you things. Uh, and the first beat was, uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, teaches you how to make a ham sandwich. Uh, and like, you know, it was, uh, my impression of Jimmy Stewart back then was a lot, uh, so I do like an older Jimmy Stewart. So it's like, uh, you have a lot of more, you have a lot more rambling in Uh between like, uh, so I don't, I can't remember the exact lines, but it's, it would be like something like, oh, you, you got a piece of bread and you, 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 you put a piece of ham on it. It's just a, it's a tiny piece of ham and you, know, you put some cheese and uh, mayonnaise. And, uh, and so like, uh, so that would be like, uh, so that was like good. the first beat. Good. It's not bad. And like the, the second beat was, I forget, uh, the second beat was kind of throwaway. But it all got to the point. Uh, the, the point was, was the third beat, where sure. like, Jimmy Stewart uh, gave you advice on how to do like oral sex on both men and women. Um, <laughs> which parents were in the audience? Which that was fun. Oh, of uh, course. But like, like I was pretty happy with it, and I was like, "This is great." And so, like after uh, after that show, we went back uh, to our house, and we lived in this house like. Uh, uh, we lived like two blocks away from from campus, and uh, the our, whole group did. Yeah, and like oh, basically that's like amazing. <laughs> like I'm sure Braidman can tell you about this, but like we lived in this house called McClellan. It was on McClellan Street, so we just named the house McClellan. Sure. And and we became like anyone that came to our shows each and every weekend. Like we just became the de facto party house. Yeah. Cops never got called. And so we would just, you know, get a bunch of beer, and people would bring stuff. Yeah. And, See, like, we did that, but it was. Um, I, the only thing I was going to say was, like, I envy you that, like, that was the situation that you lived in because my improv group in my senior year hung out together 
all like constantly but we didn't all live in the same place so like the only thing that kept us from hanging out any more than we did was that eventually we'd have to go back to our apartments but like there was one apartment that became the party apartment (laughs) yeah i mean i think honestly like living because because in this has this has this house has been passed down through like um you know the years through the comedy like groups and and people and so like i think honestly this house is like a really huge impetus for us moving out to Chicago because like a lot cool. of us had already lived together, so we're like we know Why our not habits. Just yeah, like translate you know, it to here. That's like so I know great. you're not an asshole, so yeah. like let's move out Fuck, to Chicago. That's awesome. Um, so that's really like this in this house is like uh, God damn it, it should be condemned. It's of like course. it's the worst. Like the but it's just like a comedy frat house. Yeah, yeah. But like the the house itself is like it's in Western Massachusetts. It's built like it was in the 1800s. Like we like the the walls were legitimately like if you if you pushed on them they felt like they were made out of horse hair which they probably were like there were several times where we would punch walls through the house like effortlessly like you know it was like it it would not hurt your hand you would just go right through and you're just like well uh the best part is like well what was awesome was that heat wasn't included in our rent so we would just crank the heat and like it was so drafty that like our heater was stuck on like 85 because like we, it had to be. Um, yeah, and just you would, to at any point in the house, you could just walk by and just like hit your head against the or hit your hand against the wall and just hear like, <laughs> like just the crumbling behind the wall. No. Um, like uh, I feel bad. I, I like honestly, like I'll put money on it in the next five years. Uh, this house is going to cave in on itself, and then a bunch of improvisers are going to be drunk and partying and like having the time of their lives. And this house it's is just going to like come down. Poor yeah. Richard Wood did yeah. <laughs> in tragic accident just off U.S. Amherst campus. I should report it. Uh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, Again, if you're listening to this and you have any ability to affect <laughs> housing houses being condemned in the U.S. Nineteen McClellan. <laughs> in Amherst, Massachusetts. Look it up. It is. Look in it a up rough and shape. close it down. Um, uh, I'll but say, like, I, be- I do uh, want to say, like, this one quick story about the landlord. The landlord was, like, an 80 year old guy. And uh, when we came over to sign the, uh, the lease, uh, he never walked into the house. He met us on the front porch, and he had this briefcase. And this guy looked like a really old Hunter S. Thompson, but, like, a not cool Hunter okay. S. Thompson. And, uh,. So he took out his briefcase and he's like, I got the lease in here and I uh, just got to open it up. And he opens up his briefcase and there's like a finely stacked pieces, a few finely stacked pieces of paper that was the lease. And right next to it, uh, a fresh pair of underwear. <laughs> just in case. Just in case you're on the road and you need to change underwear for some reason. Oh, in a briefcase. Like, yeah, in a briefcase. And he was like, you just signed this. And I was like, try not to touch <laughs> the edges that his underwear touched. Um, <laughs> But regardless, sorry, I mean, we got back. No, it's we okay. Off track. Yeah, so you're going back um, to the house. I'm going back to the house. It's like it's the party house after all of our shows. And that night after I did that bit, and like, uh, not not to toot my own horn, but like it, it did pretty well. Like, uh, yeah. it got a, a good amount of laughter, and especially the parents came out to me afterwards, and like even like the dirty shit where I was like literally talking as Jimmy Stewart and being like giving advice on how to go down on a girl. Right. Um, uh, parents were like, oh, that was a really good Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> That's so great. I was like, oh, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, uh, I can't look you in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did not. I was like, you know, handshake, you know, no eye contact. Thank you very much. You gotta go. Um, but uh, we came home that night and 
we would have SNL on in the background mm-hmm. as we drank. And, oh, yeah. And, we totally did that, too. Yeah. Right. And so uh, my heart sank. That night, uh, Jason Sudeikis did a Jimmy Stewart impression, uh, and he did this rear window sketch, which I, I... remember that. Yeah. And it was terrible. And it was terrible. It was uh, January Jones. That's right. Because they eventually started dating. Mm-hmm. Probably because, because of she that, was on yeah. the show, yeah. Uh, and I just... Couldn't. It was a terrible sketch! It was such a bad sketch! But, like, everyone was, like, partying around me, and, like, right. I had been drinking, too, and I right. just, like... I sat there with my jaw wide open with a drink in my hand, like, yeah. in front of the TV, and I was like, I can't believe they just did a Jimmy Stewart sketch tonight. Yeah! And, like, I, and since then, I was like, fuck it. Like, fuck Jimmy Stewart. Not, like, oh, the actor, but I was right. like, fuck this character. And, like, I this is something that everyone does. You put it and, to like, bed. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so, my like, God. Like, I ate the same night. The, that's like, that's, so that, funny. I mean, that was the thing. So, it was, like, like it was the most coincidental, like, yeah. experience I've had. I was like, y- y- you're kidding me. Like, the yeah, night that I like do this. like, an hour later uh, yeah. or something. Exactly. And it was such a bad sketch. I know. And, uh, Yeah. <laughs> And so I, so I haven't done uh, the the Jimmy Stewart impression since. I've done it to myself, but not really like sure. out loud. Uh, but uh, I honestly love it. I'm gonna put it this tonight. I'm gonna put it to bed. I think uh-huh. for real. Um, but I love the uh, what I was gonna say is I love the the nuances of it. And this is a guy that I've studied for a, a long time. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, well, first of all, we already talked about how he, he's uh, so honest and mm-hmm. uh, like natural. Uh, but one of his things is, uh, he always says, how are we doing on time? Oh, we're fine. Okay. Uh, so, uh, one of, one of his things is that, uh, he does in, in every one of his films, uh, is, is the hushed monologue. Oh yeah, 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 um, totally. And like literally this guy, like Jimmy Stewart could be telling me anything in a hushed monologue. Like, <laughs> yes, dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, like for example, like, um, like it could be something like Mary, just listen, Ma- Mary. Mary, just listen to me. Just look at it. Sesame seed bun. <laughs> Two all beef patties. Special sauce. A lettuce cheese. Just like, like they made it just for me, Mary. Huh? Yeah, yeah, give it, just give it a try, huh? Just give it a shot. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's like I literally, he can do you anything. Can say anything. <laughs> you can yeah. say anything. Like, Jimmy Stewart can say anything, and I'm like automatically on yeah. board. Uh, another it. thing that I loved uh, is he does this in all of his films. Like, really look at it. Um, is Jimmy Stewart is great at the verbal double take. Uh-huh. Um, so, so give me something like, uh, uh, give me something like The House is on Fire, but not The House is on Fire. Okay. Um. Um. Oh my gosh, the cat just got out. Oh yeah, the, the cat just got out. <laughs> the cat just got out! Oh my god! <laughs> Bert, we gotta call a cab! <laughs> we gotta get the cat! You know? <laughs> you know what <laughs> That's so funny. Um, the, I feel like also, because um, I, I think the only time I've ever attempted a like Jimmy Stewart is with lines from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Just be like, Mary, I'm gonna lasso the moon. Mary. <laughs> yeah. You want the moon? I'll give you the yeah. moon. Like, what do you want, Mary? You want, you want the moon? <laughs> you want the moon? I'll lasso the moon. Which is like, you watch it and it's such a sweet moment in this movie. And it's like they're essentially their kind of meet cute moment. It's like the yeah. first time you see their relationship. 
But it's like you're saying, uh, if you took him out of it and it was just, if I just like was going out on a date with a guy who was like, Hey, Mary Beth, uh, you want the moon? I'll get you. Like, and I just feel like, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. But he's just Why like, are you so absurd? But there's such, there's something so inherently like sweet about like, Jay like Stewart. Yeah, like, if that was a first date and that was like outside my house, I'd come inside and be like, who the fuck was that guy? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if I'm hanging out with Jimmy Stewart and he just like pulls me aside and he's like, oh, listen, there, there's something I got to tell you. Yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> you gotta catch them all, Monty. You, 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 you gotta catch them all. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, and I'd be like, yeah, man. Yes, uh, yes, I do. I feel like the this is making me think of um, the way that people have been satirizing Matthew McConaughey recently. Because <laughs> there's so, there's been so many like hushed and, and to go yeah, back yeah. to SNL and the who I would call the Jason Sudeikis of current SNL, yeah. Taron Killam. Yes, yeah, recently yeah, yeah. did uh, Matthew McConaughey on Weekend Update, and is very much a a similar thing that you're doing of just like the the whispered like well if you gonna drive the car like (laughs) yes the lincoln uh the lincoln commercials uh, which are yeah which uh, i actually i i used to hate matthew mcconaughey but then like up until like two years ago i was like he is an an actor that I've completely changed my opinion yeah, on. Yeah, the like, McConaughey's. Yeah, the yeah. McConaughey's is great. Like he is great. Like a true detective was great. I actually did this. Uh, so back in September, I had to do this. Uh, I didn't have to do it. I was asked to do it. <laughs> there was um, like an NBC showcase at the at the Annoyance, mm-hmm. and uh, Mick and Jen told me to put together like four minutes of material. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and uh, you know, and what's great about Mick and Jen is they'll they'll ask you to come in like the day beforehand or two days beforehand to run your shit and give you notes on it. You yeah, know? that's awesome. Um, and so I did that. I, I went through my four minutes, which was all for my solo show. Uh-huh. And they're like, "Great, you have anything else?" And I was like, uh, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, I have this kind of like bullshit Matthew McConaughey impression uh, that is like ten seconds long." And they're like, "Ah." Let's hear it. <laughs> and, and it's literally, I'm going to try to remember this. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's like, it's a spoof of uh, True Detective, but it was, okay. it was something like, uh, time is a flat circle, much like my Eggo waffles, part of a balanced breakfast. I went on off about like Eggo waffles and like after a minute of like doing a bit on Eggo waffles, Mick and Jen were like, yeah, no, that's no. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, yeah. but that's another guy. Uh, uh, God, what else? I had, a, I had other Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, uh, another thing I love about Jimmy Stewart is, uh, his over politeness. Um, to the point where I think that, like, swearing is really funny with Jimmy Stewart. Like, you never hear him swear or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, but, like, what's Doesn't really... he say... There are a lot of, like, euphemisms in It's a Wonderful Life, aren't there? Like, I don't think they're outright outright just, like, swears, but he does a lot of, like, dag nabbits and things <laughs> oh, yeah, like that. But he's great at that. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. He sells gosh, it. Gosh darn it. Yeah, yeah he, he sells, sells it. But yeah. it's so obvious that it, were it not this particular thing, it would be some guy saying, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and, but, like, uh, well, a big thing with my Jimmy Stewart is that, like, with anyone's Jimmy Stewart, I think, is that, uh, yeah, is, like, uh, is something that's, uh, okay. yeah, 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 oh, yeah. sure. Uh, Billy, if you can just grab that over there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, also, I think that uh, Jimmy Stewart would be uh, a phenomenal improviser, if only because he could fucking buy himself time in between lines <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> just like, well, 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 I got this uh, briefcase. It's uh, uh, full of hamburgers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like no one would ever be like no. this guy is uh, really He's reaching just for it. Trying yeah. to buy himself time. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's really really funny. Um, but like I, I really love his politeness. You know, you know, he kind of goes out of his way to be like, uh, I, I don't want there to, I don't want to be any trouble at all. No, no trouble at all. It's just uh, maybe if you could, uh, well, if you could uh, just. Maybe do me a favor and uh, uh, go fuck yourself. You know, like it was like you just uh, I, I just I love Jimmy Stewart like breaking down into like you know what I mean. Like uh, you've never I've never heard the guy drop an f bomb. I've never uh-huh. heard him uh, say shit or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, he's just so goddamn polite, and that's what. I, if it wouldn't be too much trouble to for for me and and my boy to take a picture. Oh no no okay well that's fine. Don't worry about it. You yeah know? Like, right 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 right. Um, that's so funny. He, and he just just fucking goes out of his way to be so nice. Uh-huh. Uh, so you've, uh, I I I think I can't remember if I mentioned this before, not when we were talking about Tom Hanks, but I feel like, um, but I know that when Katie did the show, she talked about um, like watching Tom Hanks's like actual appearances, like as himself, and not just as you know, not just his acting sure. performances. Do you feel like there's, uh, and that lending towards her becoming more of a fan of his, of just feeling like he was as nice a guy in person as he like would often portray as the everyman. Uh, do you feel like there are things like that for you where you've like seen him as himself? Yeah, I mean, like I, uh, I mean, I have a problem where I, I tend to t- take things for face value anyway. Uh-huh. So um, I'll, I'll preface it with preface it with that. Um, but yes, I mean, like I've never and like I've scoured uh, stories. I can't say that like uh, I can't say that I've ever read like an autobiography or a sure. biography of Jimmy Stewart. Um, it's kind of just been like I've been Has watching. Has he written this film. an autobiography? I don't know. I would. Uh, or did probably he? Not. I guess I should. I, w- say. I would say not. Did he like, write I, an autobiography? Has he written? Would imply <laughs> yeah. that he would still be able to. Right. Uh, <laughs> he uh, cannot. <laughs> uh, you know what? I could be wrong on this. Knock on wood. Uh, but I, I don't think he has. I, I don't think, think I, he did either. I think I would have heard about. It. I'm sure there's been several biographies written. Yeah, about I would think so. Um, but there's never anything. Uh, you know, when I've Googled him or whatever, like in the past, like I've never found anything bad about the guy. Aww. And when I've seen interviews with him on, uh, w- which I want to do for you later. Yeah. But when, I, when I've seen interviews with him on uh, on Carson or, or another show, uh, he very much seems to be the guy that you see on film. Which Aww. is another fascinating thing about him. Because again, yeah. like, you know, what is kind of like, uh, like to me when I think about like, a bad actor is just like I think of like a guy that's always playing the same thing. Like, yeah, you know, I don't want to like throw like Michael Sarah under the bus, but like I'm not really a big fan of Michael Sarah because he plays Michael Sarah in every fucking uh-huh. film. But like, what's contradictory about that statement is that I love Jimmy Stewart and Jimmy Stewart fucking plays the same guy in yeah. every role. 
Um, it, did but you there's see, just like a different level. Uh, just to build on Michael Sarah, did you see This is the End? I did see His that. role yeah. in that is so funny because it essentially yeah. makes fun of the fact that he always plays the same person, but in actuality, he's a total asshole. Like, I think that's really hilarious. I really like the movie overall. Um,. What was something else I was going to say? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people get shat on for things like that. Uh, I think um, Mark Wahlberg is an actor that I think gets that a lot. Yeah. That, like, oh, when he's playing himself, he can tend to be, like, he's a the bro. good actor. Yeah. yeah. Like, people love him in Departed. People love him in The Fighter. Like, and a lot of that is attributed to that just being like the person that he is this is interesting because i've talked i've had this conversation with some people recently um and i wasn't really able to get as much like feedback as i wanted to but some we were talking about the movie nightcrawler that recently came out with jake gyllenhaal and i really really liked it and thought jake gyllenhaal was incredible in it and someone else uh said that they thought they had had a conversation with the person they went to see the movie with where they were saying that they think that Jake Gyllenhaal's actual um, personality may be really close to the character that he was playing in the movie who is this like very slimy ruthless self-serving sociopath essentially um and the only reason they think that is because he was so good in the movie that they are like attributing it to his it being his actual personality because they've like you know seen other things in his filmography that he hasn't been as good an actor in um and i was just like man i just I don't think I agree with that. Like, I don't think... I think he just acted this part really well. I don't think he was just good in this movie because he's a sociopath. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I... In watching the movie, that was never the impression I got. Like, I more was just like, holy shit, Jake Gyllenhaal is killing it. Like, it's really the reason to see it. But it also kind of begs the question, does that take anything away from it? Like... If the if the person is good at what they're doing and you know serves the role that they should in the film, like does that? I I don't know if I have a firm opinion one way or the other, but it, it's a really interesting thing to think about. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I'm not really discriminating or discriminatory in terms of like acting performance. I think if it's a good performance, then it's a fucking good performance. I think like, so too. Um, like my two, my I, I would say like I, my top in my top three favorite actors, it's uh, Jimmy Stewart and the complete opposite of Jimmy Stewart, uh, fucking Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> I had a feeling which that's is what like you know what I mean. Say. Like Daniel yeah. Day Lewis is just so fucking like one of my favorite films is There Will Be Blood. It's and great, just, like yeah. Um, and goddamn, like uh, like <laughs> yeah. that that movie is incredible. You know, yeah. even like everything, and like I know people hate like the ending of it, and like I know a lot I of people like don't like. I love the movie, yeah. and I think it's like uh, the first movie uh, in a long time. Um, I mean, maybe even dating back to like Citizen Kane, but it's it's the first movie in a long time where uh, like the bad guy or the asshole 
was the main character. Is the protagonist. And not yeah. only is he the main character, but, like, in certain ways, he's, like, endearing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think... I feel like it. it's a thing that definitely hasn't happened as much in film. I feel yeah. like TV has really leaned towards that being a big model. You, you know, you're sure. Breaking Bad. Like Blacklist or something right Blacklist, now, right? Blacklist. Um, even things like... Uh, uh, um, House of Cards. Sure, Frank Underwood is yeah, a of bad yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> no, Fra- uh, House of Cards is actually a really great uh, yeah. example. Um, but you're right; it doesn't seem like something that happens as often in film. This movie, Nightcrawler, I definitely think would as- fits the bill where that's concerned. Yeah, and I think maybe like maybe Hollywood is is getting less concerned with uh the stereotypes or archetypes of having like the hero in the mm-hmm. film that everyone roots for and everything mm-hmm. um which is great i mean i think like uh i don't know i think like there will be blood is like uh I, you know citizen kane i guess was very close to it uh in, in terms of having like the asshole as the main character but like mm-hmm. what i was so impressed of, of there will be blood was like i have not seen a film in a really long time where the bad guy was like glor not glorified yeah. but like the main character and like it revolved around him and he they was don't, like, yeah. like it ended in a really bad way yeah, too. Yeah, you know? they don't he doesn't pull punches. I re- Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors. Yeah, oh yes, sure. yes. And yeah. I can't wait for Inherent Vice when, yeah. when that comes out. I did hear something recently. The only thing I've heard about it, and it was just like one dude's opinion on it. I can't even remember who said it, but they I think it might have been Pete Holmes who his literally his favorite movie is um There Will Be Blood. Um, I think he said something to the effect of like, if you thought the master was too hard to like follow or get into, wait until you see Inherent Vice. And I was like, oh no. Really? Cause what yeah. I heard about, like not to get into a discussion about a future movie. Yeah. Uh, but what I heard was, what I'm really excited about is that uh, I've read a couple articles that said Inherent Vice is akin to The Big Lebowski. Oh, I'm, cool. Like, uh, when I'm, which is what I've been really excited yeah, about. Yeah, that's like, I, um, I haven't really heard any anything from, or read anything from people who had already seen it. That was just like the first impression that I had, I actually, had heard about it. But because of that, because of the film, and because I love P.T. Anderson, uh, I bought the book. Uh, oh. a month ago on Amazon. I'm a couple chapters in. This. Interesting. I, just, I haven't had like the time to read it because of rehearsals and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm a couple chapters in. It's good. It's, yeah. It's like I can see like I can see the Big Lebowski comparisons. You know. Cool. Um, I'm excited for sure. And there's also like uh, that and Interstellar were like two of the things I was the most excited about for the end of this year because like two guys, two directors at the top of their game with actors who are at the top of their game. You know what I mean? Like it's how could you not be excited for them? The uh one of the uh, uh one of the things uh I'll never forget is uh much to the point where like I played you that clip uh and like to my br- big brother George, the richest man in town, mm-hmm. where like I never fail to uh to shed a tear at that moment. Mm-hmm. With there will be blood. Uh I'll never forget and like I still when I watch it I'm just like uh, but like, uh, when I saw there will be blood in theaters, um, that moment of, uh, at the end of the film where, uh, he's trying to, Paul Dano is trying to sell like the oil fields or like the oil that's underneath that land, uh-huh. uh, to him. And, uh, he explains that it's gone, that he already, you know, drainage, Eli, drainage. Yeah. And, uh, like at that, like when he explains I that. I take like, a shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it goes, oh. 
wash the room. Uh, I drink your milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> but when he explained that that oil was already gone, I was like, that was like to me and like yeah. But everyone in that theater just like you could hear everyone collectively. Like, it takes gasp. the air. Yeah. And it was just like totally takes the air out of the room. But that's like that's what I love about film. And like if I can have like my goal in life as an actor. If I can have a moment in a film where I can make uh, an audience like either feel the way that they did at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, or like collectively gasp like oh, they did at the end of There Will Be Blood, that's like, awesome. That like I've made it. That's an amazing goal. Uh, I love that. I also would uh, uh, respond to that because what it made me think of while you were talking was in, in the end of Splatter when Carl is dead yeah. is always and not to be like dude you've already done that or like <laughs> yeah, to right, even right, draw right. a comparison between those two things but when you when that like clunk like when the shears go through the door and the door swings open that's one of the best reveals of the whole show yeah. I think um, it's such a fun show to do yeah <sighs> Fuck, I love Splatter. I, uh, like <laughs> I to, thought that's how we met, is it not? For uh, the first time around? We maybe had met yeah. before that, but like definitely hadn't worked together. That was the first time that we that. worked together, yeah. I think, years ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. Two years now. ago, yeah. But yeah, I think we may have, I think we had met before that, but we definitely hadn't mm-hmm. worked together or anything like that before that. Yeah, no, I think you might be right. Um, but that just reminded me of like, you know, I was talking about like the the, the honesty and like the uh, fucking sincerity that Jimmy Stewart does. Uh, I, again, how are we doing on time? Are uh, we, we should probably like, wrap it up soon. We should write, wrap it up soon. Okay, so I'll tell the story real quick, and then oh, like I want to do this. Thing. We're like an hour thirty. That's not oh, we're this, that's long then for one of your shows. Uh, it's about right. where they they've been landing recently. Okay, that's so fine. but go ahead and say what you were going to. Uh, like what was a major victory for me was. Uh, uh, so like I was talking about the honesty and sincerity of, uh, of Jimmy Stewart and like, again, like I try to take that into every character that I do. Um, but with Carl, uh, in Splatter, I tried to do that as much as I could, even with like the stilted lines that I had mm-hmm. and like the biggest victory that I think I got was one of like, it was the either second to last show or third to last show. Uh, when I said something and I'm right on the lip of the stage and I just hear this guy and the <gasps> audience just, uh, and just whisper to his friend, and I don't, I don't know if, uh, who else heard it, but like this guy just goes, <laughs> turns to his friends like, "Oh my God, I love Carl." And then at that, like, I broke. I started laughing because of just like the ridiculousness How could of you it, not? you know. Yeah. But, but anyway, oh my God, um, I love Carl. <laughs> I just turns to his friend. I just, I love Carl. <laughs> And I was like, that's like major victory. That was probably the best moment in the show for me. That's awesome. <laughs> One of the only moments I can think of to compare to that where like you hear the overhear the audience say something. My very first show at Furman, um, where I went to school, I played a couple of small roles, but I was just so excited that I got cast. Um, and one of the small roles, uh, it was a series of, uh, David Ives plays like 10 minute David Ives plays. Um, and one of the small roles was me and this other guy played um, German tourists, and all of our lines were in German. We only had like three or four, but we had to, you know, learn these lines in German. And uh, <laughs> the costume designer 
while I was at Furman became like a really good friend of mine. She was a professor, but like we became very close. We went, uh, she was one of the professors that went on study abroad with me, etc. And she was an amazing costume designer. And um, the lights came up on us. And before we had said anything, and I didn't hear it. Somebody else in the show told me that this had been said. Before we had said anything, someone leaned over to someone else to the person that came within the audience and said, they're Germans. <laughs> we were just wearing like yeah. touristy, like kind of ridiculous costumes. And I, to this day, like don't know exactly what tipped them off. But when my friend Chris told me that that exchange had happened, it was such a like delightful. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Of course. They're Germans. <laughs> Exactly, and, and like it goes. Uh, I don't know. It goes back to what I said. I think like like five minutes ago, where it's just like if you can elicit like mm-hmm. any sort of reaction like that from an audience, then uh, you have done your job. I think. I love you know it. What I, mean? I totally agree with you. Uh, even like real quick, even uh, uh, <laughs> uh, there's like small things that I, I find really awesome about what we do, uh-huh. uh, and uh, like like we did. Uh, you know, you and I are doing this Christmas, Christmas yeah. pageant show. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't this week. It was the the first preview that we had, uh, where I just like, uh, <laughs> I, Charlie, you know, just told me, he's like, yeah, you gotta be an elf, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, you gotta, uh, he, he, ha, ho or whatever. Uh-huh. And forget being a dentist. Uh, uh-huh. and then I just, I, I said something like, uh, oh, I know the line. Uh, I say, no, he's right. I just can't. Nah, I guess I'll never fit in. Oh. And I walk off stage and as I'm walking off stage, I just hear like two women just go like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, but like, that's the moment yeah. like, when you're like, yes, yeah, I fucking did it. Yeah, that's totally you know? what you're going for. Yeah. I totally appreciate and relate to that. Uh, do you want to, is it poem time? It's poem time. <laughs> I gotta say, so like, you know, we're wrapping the show up. I, I told uh, Mary Beth that, uh, I wanted to kill my <laughs> Jimmy Stewart impression <laughs> yeah. by ending it on this poem. Jimmy Stewart uh, read this poem that he wrote about his dog in 1981 on the uh, on the Johnny Carson, Carson show. Uh, you can find the clip on YouTube. I found it several years ago, and uh, it brought a tear to my eye. I'm not, I'm, so I'm going to preface this by saying it's not uh, a particularly funny poem. It is. Uh, Ed McMahon actually... Uh, I, I, I googled it. Uh, Ed, Ed McMahon uh, said about this poem... That is not a well-written poem, uh, but it's about uh, the delivery of the poem and, and who said it. Aww. So again, I think it comes down to what I've been saying all night in, in, in that it's in it's all in Jimmy Stewart's sincerity and honesty mm-hmm. in the way that he says it. And like, I'm going to try not to break in this because Aww. again, I haven't done this. Like, you know, I've been doing it sparingly tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, the impression, but I, I haven't done it for an extended a period of time for a while. Uh-huh. So I might, I might laugh and you might laugh too, uh, but I'll that's okay. I want, I want it to <laughs> exist and in you, And you know, you don't know anything about this poem. No, right? I don't. So I'm back with Montus. I'm fixing my mistake. Montus Dumptious, I should say. I'm going to make sure I get his last go. name <laughs> pronounced right this time around, too. Round two. We made such a big deal out of it that... Uh, yeah, that I just... But I don't care. Fuck it. Call me okay. what you want to call me. Okay. And, you know... I'll just stop trying to pronounce your whole okay. name. And it's just like we said earlier, like Prince. Like, just call me Montus. Yeah, Montus. Right? That's it. I don't know your last name as far as anyone's concerned. Um, and he's actually going to read the poem now. <laughs> Damn, we did it. We, we did it earlier. got cut off. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we finished um, the actual podcast. I feel like it'll have it'll have less of an impact on you now because you know what the poem. I do went. know the yeah. poem. Yeah, the last so, thing that got recorded was you don't know anything about this poem, and I was like, no, I don't, and now I know the whole thing. So. I'll act surprised. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I will say that uh, again. I, I might break during this. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, especially since I haven't. At least like in in the. You know, in previously I had been kind of doing the impression uh-huh. all night, so right. like, I kind of like warmed up We've to it. We've been talking about so it, now and now I'm like, just making him do it cold. Yeah, this is Jimmy Stewart cold turkey. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Yep. Whenever you're ready. So Jimmy Stewart wrote this poem called A Dog Named Bo. I'm going to read it for you. (laughs) All right. He never came to me when I would call unless I had a tennis ball. Or he felt like it. But mostly he didn't come at all. When he was young, he never learned to heal or or sit or stay. He, He did things his way. Discipline was not his bag, but when you were with him, things sure didn't drag. He'd dig up a rose bush just to spite me, and when I'd grab him, he'd turn around and bite me. He bit lots of folks from day to day. The delivery boy was his favorite prey. The gas man wouldn't read our meter. He said we owned a real man-eater. He set the house on fire, but the story's long to tell. Suffice to say that he survived, and the house survived as well. On evening walks, and, and, and Gloria took him, he was always first out the door. The old one and I brought up the rear because our, our bones were sore. He would charge up the street with Mom hanging on, and what a beautiful pair they were. And if it was still light and the tourists were out, they, they created a, a bit of a stir. But every once in a while, he would stop in his tracks and, and with a frown on his face, look around. It was just to make sure that the old one was there and would follow him where he was bound. Where early to better is at our house, I, I guess I'm the first one to retire. And as I'd leave the room, he'd look at me and, and get up from his place by the fire. He knew where the tennis balls were upstairs, and I'd give him one for a while. And he'd push it under the bed with his nose, and I'd fish it out with a smile. And before very long, he'd tire of the ball and, and be asleep in his corner in no time at all. And there were nights when I'd feel him climb upon our bed and, and lie between us, and I'd pat his head. And there were nights when I'd feel his stare, and I'd wake up, and he'd be sitting there, and I'd reach out my hand and, and stroke his hair. And sometimes I'd feel him sigh, and, and I think I know the reason why. He'd wake up at night and he'd have this fear of, of the dark, of life, of, of lots of things, and he'd be glad to have me near. And now he's dead. And there are nights when I think I, I feel him climb upon our bed and, and lie between us, and I pat his head. And there are nights when I think I feel that stare and I reach out my hand to stroke his hair, but he's not there. Oh, how I wish that wasn't so. I'll always love a dog named Bo. Oh, yay. That's it. R.I.P. Jimmy Stewart impression. R.I.P. 
done. Done. That's and it. And we said done gonna... last time, <laughs> and know. it came back one more time. It came back I thought one that more was... time. That might, might come back again. Who knows? Who knows, man? Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, so I think, lovely. like, that, I think that poem, like, kind of sums up Jimmy Stewart in a way. It's just, I think like, so, wholesome too. And, <laughs> I, I think I said this the first time around, and, def- like, I'll tell a little story of my own to uh, say that it hit me a little bit harder this time, too. Uh, I just love when he talks about um, if Bo wakes up and he's afraid, he just, like, comforted him. And he was just, like, it seems like he's afraid of the whole world, basically. And I love that so much. And like you said, I think that really, like, sums him up a lot in in one little, um, like, phrase. Uh, when I was home, uh, my parents, or I wasn't home, I should say. I was in Atlanta, which is where we celebrate holidays. Sure. But my parents always drive there, and they bring my dog. We've had this dog since I was in eighth grade, so he's 13. Um, or he will be 13. It's an old dog. It's yeah. an old dog, especially uh, for a golden retriever. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, so he's getting old. He's got, uh, you know, his snout's really white now. He's very arthritic in most of his legs. And it just kills me, man. Because it's like one of the first dogs that we've had that, you know, I can remember his entire life, you know. And granted, I haven't, like, lived at home with him for a lot of that. But uh, he's he's such a good dog. His name's Nutmeg. And my dad. <laughs> that's great. I, I named fucking, him. That's yeah, a great dog I named name. him. Yeah. And uh, his mom's name was Cinnamon. Oh, and very nice. I love soccer, and a nutmeg is when you dribble the ball between a defender's legs. Oh, okay. so like when I landed on it, I was like, "This is the best name!" <laughs> yeah. I was so happy. Yeah. As a 13 year old, I was just like, "Yes, I have my own dog, and he has a nick." So, um, my parents were sleeping upstairs, and I was uh, still awake. Uh, one night over the Thanksgiving holidays and my dad was like talking to Nutmeg and he was like you have to stay down here don't try to come upstairs because he's too old like he just he'll try just to be able to sleep with my dad and my dad's like don't go upstairs um and he's a fucking dog like he doesn't understand (laughs) so I like pat him while my dad goes upstairs and gets ready for bed and I was afraid that he was just gonna if I didn't keep paying attention to him he was just gonna try to go upstairs so there's I just like uh, picked him up and like pulled him into my lap in this huge recliner and like leaned the recliner back and I kind of just let him lie on me for a really long time and he was so heavy that it was like mostly uncomfortable but I was just like at this point every time I see him I'm just yeah. like I don't know if this is going to be the last time I see him and I don't want him to feel any more discomfort than he needs to so I'm just going to like try to you know pay attention to him and keep him company so that he doesn't try to and he's he stayed downstairs the whole night and I, I let him lie there for a while and I was like you know watching late night television and stuff like that and it was just really like and I was like I kind of made peace with it I was just like man I love this dog so much and if these are like the last kind of experiences that I get to have with him then like I'll be happy. Yeah. So that, so listening to it again, even though I was already familiar with it, I was like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's so sad. Actually, what happened was, uh, um, he had, uh, Jimmy Stewart's dog, Bo, had this, uh, and he had had him for a while too. I think he was like 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, Jimmy Stewart was doing this film somewhere, uh, you know, across the country from where he lived. Mm-hmm. And uh, his wife called him while they were shooting. And uh, she was like, yeah, the, the vet said that his, uh, that it, essentially he's, there's nothing that they can do. He, oh. Whatever he has is inoperable. Yeah. And uh, he's going to die in the next couple of days. And they want to put him down now. Oh. And uh, Jimmy Stewart was like, 
Yeah, no, I uh, just tell them to have them hold on as long as they can. And Jimmy Stewart actually left the film set. He, uh, he told the director, and I forget what film it was, but he told the director and everyone, he's like, yeah, i got to take care of this thing. Yeah. Uh, and he went back home and uh, essentially just to, to see the dog get put down. Yeah. Uh, and went back to, to film it. And then he wrote this poem, and it's just so fucking sad. If you, yeah. watch, the, uh, if you, if you watch the original like, Jimmy Carson take of it. Um, Johnny Carson. Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart, Johnny Whoa. Carson. <laughs> uh, Johnny Carson. It was a totally innocent mistake. I thought about not even I know, but you. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you did because somebody would have been sitting at home being like, mm, Johnny Carson. <laughs> uh, no, the original Johnny Carson, uh, both Johnny Carson and uh, Jimmy Stewart actually like tear up at the Aww. end of it. Um, and one of my favorite things, actually, I think this like poem is oddly in a way a great... Uh, if you're gonna uh, try to master the Jimmy Stewart impression, yeah, uh, this poem is a great way to do it because, like, if just uh, there's this great, like, uh, almost like timber mm-hmm. that uh, Jimmy Stewart has to his voice, and mm-hmm. like, you know, like it's like the the words are in the back of his mouth, and they kind of like <laughs> trickle through. I could totally um, see that. So, uh, like, one of my like a great like Jimmy Stewart vocal line is. Uh, uh, I'll always love a dog named Bo. <laughs> yeah. And like Bo just like really. All of the words yeah, exactly. are all in your throat. Yeah. 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 It's great. Uh, it's really great. Thanks for doing it again. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you feel like your love of Jimmy Stewart uh, has influenced you creatively over the years and uh, in your life in general? Um, I, I, like I said uh, <laughs> earlier, I guess. Um, or previously, mm-hmm. uh, in round one of the podcast, uh, <laughs> try one that uh, it, it's the. Um, sorry, I'm like trying to formulate the right words. That's it, okay. It's the. Um, it, it's literally like the sincerity and mm-hmm. the, the. It's just the delivery of the mm-hmm. lines. Uh, I, I do a lot of roles that uh, that vary in terms of characters and stuff, especially, like, I mean, like, when I did my one-man show, it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a bunch of different characters. Yeah. But still, like, doesn't matter, like, what it is vocally in terms of, like, the voice, whether it's, like, a high voice, a low bo- voice, some range in the middle, if you're, like, you know, uh, high status, low status. Yeah. I, I think it, it really doesn't matter. I think it's just the... Uh, to me, it's a big thing about the delivery and, mm-hmm. like... Uh, and Jimmy Stewart is just so b- believable in mm. all of his roles because of just how, um, just because of the way he delivers lines, mm. and uh, and so that's what I try to do. I think uh, as much as I can in, in everything that I do, um, acting wise, is mm. uh, the lines that I have. Just to try to make them, try to deliver them as believable uh, and and honest as you can and usually uh usually that works out yeah you know i think i can't remember if we talked about this in the um what actually got recorded or not so i definitely want to make sure that it gets said but i remember you talking about like especially in improv some of the like instead of just jumping straight to like the most ridiculous absurd things just for a laugh just trying to like find something earnest and uh, definitely, um, even if you can be saying the most ridiculous thing, it's all about the earnesty behind it. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, there's a, we live in a, a community where I think everyone is doing, like, bits constantly. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it can be exhausting, too. Yeah, It's like hanging totally. out with people. It's just like, oh, Jesus, fucking... John is doing a bit again and yeah. fucking I'm just trying to hang out here you know uh-huh, what I mean uh-huh. and so not that I not you know not that I'm I saying, love like, doing that too fuck sure. bits. Yeah, right right course, right like, no uh, there's a time and I feel like I can't even say there's a time and a place for it because I really feel like it varies from like how I'm feeling at the time yeah you know exactly. what I mean sometimes I'm just ready for like a punchy bitty conversation and sometimes I'm just like <sighs> right and like and not to say that like uh, it, it's not to say that it's not okay no. to to be completely ridiculous in an improv scene because no. yeah sometimes the occasion calls for it but I do think that that sometimes that gets uh, that takes more precedence over something else rather yeah. where it's just like you come out and you're like my hands are made out of hot dogs yeah. you know and <laughs> yeah, like exactly. you know what I mean? where it's like maybe a better scene would be uh, something that came out more honest you know yeah exactly uh, something like uh, I think it's another time and a place thing yeah exactly yeah. Because if you just incessantly, nothing means anything. (laughs) How is it? Oh, boy. I'm a light bulb. Whoosh. (laughs) Whoosh. 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 Uh, Well, thank you so much for doing this again. Uh, Yes. Round two was uh, very fun as well. And and thank you for having me. I had so much fun uh, the first time. And uh, it's great. I love what you do. I think you should keep it up. Thanks, man. I'm going to try. As long as I really love doing it. You'll run out of improvisers at some point. We'll see, man. We'll Well, see. There's more and more every year, so I guess... That's... You're not wrong. I still have a pretty decently long list of people that have either asked me that are interested or Uh vice versa that I've, like, mentioned to... I mean, because we talked about it months ago. Oh, yeah. I guilted you into this. (laughs) No. Not true at all. Not true at all. (laughs) You expressed a genuine, sweet interest, and I was genuinely uh, interested in having you on as well. Well, great. (laughs) So, Matis, I love you, and I mean that. Mary Beth, I love you, and and I mean that too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.